Amen. Doesn't matter that there's a few of us, we need to bless him. We need to give him the glory and the honor that he deserves. Come on and bless him. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless him, all ye people. Hallelujah. We give God praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Who is in this place. Amen. We thank God for his presence here. Amen. We thank God for his grace and his mercies. Amen. That has brought us through. Amen. We're so grateful to be here today in the house of God. Amen. With the presence of his saints, thanking God for his goodness and mercy. Amen. Honoring him for his greatness. Amen. And for the wonderful things he has done unto the children of men that we are forever grateful for. For God is good and all the time. Amen. You just can't beat God's giving. Amen. And we thank God. Amen. For being among us this morning. Amen. We worship him. Give him glory and honor for all that he has done. Amen. We thank God for, amen, our pastor being here this morning. Amen. Pastor Gloria Ingram. We thank God for her. Amen. Being here this morning. Amen. 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 We're grateful to God for her. Amen. Thank those of you who have keeping us in your prayers. Amen. Along with keeping Isaiah in your prayers. Amen. We just took off his brace this morning. Amen. That sort of held everything up a little bit, but that's why we were late, but we're here. Amen. And we thank God that God is continually healing and strengthening him. Amen. It was a pretty bad break. Amen. And um, But God is on our side. Amen. How many know that God will answer your prayers even when your family might not know how to pray? Amen. But God will answer your prayers. Amen. That's why Nate is here. That's why Nick is here. <laughs> Amen. That's why they're here. Amen. Because God will answer the prayers of others. Amen. When he knows that the one who he's dealing with, amen, and wants to touch, amen, won't even pray. Amen. But we thank God for the prayers of the righteous does what? Availeth much. That's what the prayers of the righteous does. It availeth much. Amen. And we just give God praise. And we want to say to each and every last one of you, amen, to have a blessed Thanksgiving. Amen. Don't forget to give God thanks. Amen. The world has forgotten. For them, it's all about turkey, stuffing, and cranberry sauce. Amen. But to us, it's about giving God thanks. Amen. For it's another day that the Lord has kept us. Amen. And we are here by the grace of God. Amen. That's why we're here. So remember to give thanks. Amen. And although we didn't have anything planned for this year, we want to try to do something for Christmas for the community. Amen. So I'm going to say it now. Amen. We need to start working on that for Christmas if we can on this year to be a blessing unto somebody. But if you know anyone in need, truly in need, if you know anyone, amen, who might need some help, 
amen, in getting a meal together, amen, please let us know. Let Pastor know, amen, let Evangelist Hargett know, amen, and we will definitely do what we can, amen, to bless, be a blessing unto those people, amen? amen. Come on and give God a hand, praise. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Amen. Let's feed those who are hungry. Indeed. Amen. Not those who just want to hand out. You know what I'm saying? You got those that just want to take because you're giving them more. Amen. But we have some needy people in the world today. People that are really, really hungry. And those are the people we should look forward to taking care of. Amen? Amen. And being a blessing unto them. Amen. We thank God. Amen. Thank God for our Deacon Nick. Amen. Giving us the word on last Sunday. Amen. Amen. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Amen. Saints, open up your Bibles with me to Job. Thank God for the word. Amen. We're going to start out in Job. Amen. Still under our title, I must believe God. I must believe God. I'm telling you, while I wasn't feeling well this week, I had to believe God. Amen. Had to believe God for the healing of my body. Amen. To keep me. I had to believe God. Amen. For my son going under that anesthesia. Amen. For those of you who don't know it, amen. There have been people that have died because of that. Amen. Even when you have surgery, I don't know if you know it, but an anesthesiologist is there. (laughs) There. They don't leave the surgery room. They stay there with you under the anesthesia. Amen. So it's a blessing that God blessed him. Amen. And brought him out. Amen. Amen. It is a blessing. It is a blessing. So I must believe God. I got to believe God for my my family. I got to believe God for my wife. Amen. I got to believe God to make ends meet. I got to believe God to keep me with my needs, the things that I'm in need of. Amen? Amen. I must believe God. I got to believe God that he's going to keep me even when this world get worse. Amen. I got to believe God because I don't know what kind of president this is we got in the White House. I got to believe God. I got to believe God. Amen. We just got to believe God in everything in our lives. We must believe God. Never doubt. Believe God. Amen. The thought, am I walking in a godly attitude? Again, am I walking in a godly attitude? Amen. We need to check our attitudes because, you know, as saints of God, if we're not careful, we can walk in an ungodly attitude. I didn't say you were ungodly. We can walk in an ungodly attitude. We can walk in a very negative attitude. We can walk in an attitude that's mean or moody or angry. Amen. You ever meet those people just angry all the time? Don't know what they're angry about, just angry. Amen. Just, just, they wake up moody. I told one person one time, I said, don't you know that it's another day? <laughs> it's another day the Lord has kept you. Why are you so moody? I said, you ought to be jumping up, thanking God that you woke up. A lot of people didn't wake up this morning. Amen. But we, and we got the nerve to wake up and wake up moody. Amen. The eggs ain't right. The juice got pits. <laughs> it coffee too light, too dark. 
You didn't put enough sugar. Hey, man, be thankful to be alive. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all wake up and some of you married folks wake up and want to continue the same argument. You went to bed. <laughs> wake up saying, I had another thing. <laughs> Go back to sleep, man. Let's <laughs> talk about this another time. Amen. Let's wake up with the right attitude. Amen? Yes. Am I walking in a godly attitude? The challenge to daily monitor my attitude. To daily monitor my attitude. You know, I don't know about you, but it's a very, very trying thing to hang around with people with a bad attitude. You got some people with a negative attitude. Some people with a pessimistic attitude. It's always doom. You know we all gonna die. <laughs> we not gonna make it. Be like that little kid on the show one time. The guy told him, I, I think I got a headache. It might be a tumor. <laughs> Just got a pessimistic attitude. No matter what it is, they make it worse with a bad attitude. Amen. We need to put our attitude in check and show the attitude of gratitude towards God. Amen. I don't know many of you, if you were there when Sister... Um, uh, Vivian had preached that message. It really blessed me, having the attitude of gratitude. Amen. My message was always going with the, the, the one, um, my attitude will determine my altitude. Amen. Because I can only be as good as my attitude. For my attitude is everything. Say it with me. My attitude, my attitude. is everything. Amen. I'm telling you right now, your attitude can hold you back. Your attitude can keep you down. Look at anyone who's not going anywhere or anyone who just seems like their life is held up. And a lot of times, not everybody, but a lot of times it's because of their attitude. They have a bad attitude. They think about things wrong. See, your attitude comes from your thinking. And if your thinking's wrong, your attitude is going to be wrong. And see, for a lot of people, it's been like that for them all their life. They grew up that way with a bad attitude. Because people around you, if you're not careful, can influence your attitude. You have other people with a very sensitive attitude. They just get sensitive about everything. But see, here's the thing. We got to know that we are people of God and the power of God dwelleth within us. And greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So we can defeat every attitude that's not of God. Amen. Say, I can defeat it in Jesus name. Because if you're saying you can't defeat your, the attitude that you have, remember the Bible said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. See, there's a lot of us still walking in just the me. We haven't added Christ to the sentence. We're walking with just the me. That's why we're having so much problems, because you put extra emphasis on me, myself, and I. Therefore, the attitude comes from that. Because attitude starts with me. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. I can't control my, I cannot change my situation. I cannot change my circumstance. How many hear that? I cannot change. Listen to this. I cannot, I cannot even change my children. 
but I can control my attitude. Good God, I can hear a pin drop. (laughs) I can control my attitude. I can control the way I think. I can control the actions I take. For every action, there is a reaction, but between the reaction and the action is a time to think of the action before you go forth in it. Am I thinking before I take action? What is the attitude that I'm taking? What, is, what action is going to come forth will determine and dictate what my attitude is. Because by my action, my attitude will be known. So I need to monitor my attitude. Come on and say it with me. I need to monitor my attitude. Oh, look at your neighbor. Tell them we got to monitor this attitude. You got you to gotta put a monitor on that attitude. You got to watch yourself in the things that you do. See, a lot of times we just go forth. We just say anything. You ever met some people say they say the first thing come out their mouth? Come on now. Come on, let's be honest about it. We say whatever we feel like saying. Amen? We, we say it without even thinking about it. We say it without even knowing what we said. Sometimes we speak so fast, it's just on impulse, we just speak. Without taking a moment to think about what we are saying. And don't you know that your words create your atmosphere? Your words create the room, the temperature of the room. You got to be careful what you say because you can shift the atmosphere. Amen. I know those of us who are married can know that, man. You can change that romantic atmosphere right to, ooh, God, it's cold in here. All because of our attitude. Amen. You ever had a manager on the job who when they wasn't at work, it was so peaceful? And then as soon as they come in, you're like, ooh, Lord. Somebody closed the window. Because <laughs> they just bring in a, 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 a draft of a nasty attitude. Good God. With Christians, that's not supposed to be. Supposed to have a good attitude. Somebody look at us. We should have a smile and praise the Lord. God bless you. So good to see you today. Not be like them people. Good morning. What's good about it? As they pour their coffee. Told me I'll be all right once I get my coffee. No, you're going to be all right once you get Jesus inside of you. Because that coffee ain't going to change you. That coffee may wake you up a little bit, but you're going to be the same after that coffee. You need Jesus in you. You get Jesus in you, you act right, and you'll talk right. Amen? Amen. Amen. This, this is the things we need to look at. Amen. Your title for today. Amen. The heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. And I know there's been a lot of Sermon spoke on the heart of the matter. But as I was telling Tabernacle a purpose this morning, saints of God,
this is plain, and he spoke to me this week, and he told me. He says, listen, what? I, 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 was, I was spelled out by this. I go You don't like it. Like God Yes, you're saved by grace, but God don't owe you anything. If anything, you owe God. God has paid everything for you. He paid for your life. He paid for your salvation. He paid for your mind to be delivered. He paid for your life to be saved by the blood. But a lot of us have that sense of entitlement. So when we pray, a lot of times we're praying and we're praying improperly because we're praying with an attitude. We want God. Oh, Lord, I want a husband. Oh, Lord, I want a wife. When am I going to get this, Lord? Lord, when are you going to send this my way? Lord, I told you I needed this now. Why are we praying this way? We're praying with the wrong attitude. When we ought to be on our knees worshiping and praising and giving God glory, we're acting as though we can push God around. And a lot of times we don't say it and we're not thinking it and we don't even want to think that we're thinking like that. But take a look at your prayer and check your attitude. When we approach God, we're supposed to approach the throne humbly. We're supposed to approach the throne respectfully in worship. We don't approach, we don't approach God like we entitled to it, like we supposed to have this. But that's, that comes from years of praying wrong. And let me tell you something. I don't want to be praying, Brother Nick, and know I'm praying wrong. Let's get it straight. Let's, let's stop it and fix it now. Rather than me praying for 30 years and not realizing my prayer ain't going nowhere but to the ceiling and back. And the only one hearing me is myself. Because I'm praying with an attitude and my prayer is all wrong. We got to pray right. Look around, tell your neighbor, we got to pray right. That's why I love it. I love it. I believe it was the disciple Peter when he said to Jesus, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And listen to that. Isn't that so humble? Lord, teach us to pray. In other words, so we pray right. Because they realized that when Jesus would pray, he got answers. God did exactly what Jesus asked him to do. Because when Jesus prayed, he always prayed right and with the right attitude. Notice, he didn't just do something because somebody said, show us a miracle. Show us a wonder. No. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus moved according to the will of God. Amen? Amen. Getting to the heart of the matter. Because saints, unless we get to the root of the problem, the problem remains.
talking to one of, talking to one of the, the women on my job, and she was telling me how she realized that a lot of things that had came upon her had came upon her from her youth. And her, listen, she, listen what she said. She said, and my therapist brought that out of me and helped me to realize that what happened to me in my youth affected my adulthood. Yeah, we all sitting here saying, wow, but some of us too. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. All of us have been affected by something in our childhood that we carry into our adulthood. And for some of us, it's still messed up even now. But I'm here to let you know that the day of your deliverance is at hand. The day of your healing is here. You can be healed, set free, and delivered, and walk out of here with a godly attitude, with the mind of Jesus Christ. Because we don't have to leave here the same way we came. We can walk out of here different from the way we came here. And when we come to church, this is what we should have in mind. I don't want to walk out of here the same way I walked in. I want to walk out of here different. Matter of fact, I want to walk out with a blessing. I want to walk out with something. Not come here and go out feeling the same way. Anybody going to a church where you walking out, walking in and walking out the same, you don't need to go to that church. Something wrong. Something wrong. I should feel, I should feel rejuvenated. I should feel refreshed. I should feel renewed because I have to face another week. I got to get to the heart of the matter. And a lot of times we're hitting the surface, but we're not getting to the heart of the matter. Let's go to the heart of the matter. What is the problem? And let's get to the root of it and let's dig it out. Amen? Amen. We got to get to the root of it. Why? Because we have been connected to the vine. The main vine. The good vine. Why? Should there be rotten fruits on our vine because of our attitude? Notice I said not to the vine, our vine. Amen. Because we're connected to the true vine. And being connected to the true vine should bring forth the right fruits. Remember, he's pruning us. <laughs> How many is being pruned? I want to be pruned. Because, see, there's things on me that's not right. I want God to take off. Amen. Anybody, anybody knows when you go to the hospital and, and, and you go to the hospital and you have cancer, what they want to do is take, cut out where the cancer is so that it doesn't spread. And it's the same thing with us. If we don't, if we don't cut out the attitude, the attitude will get worse. And that's why a lot of us, a lot of us got married, didn't check the attitude. Then we got married. We brought that baggage into marriage. Oh, Lord. You've been worried about what the problem is. Attitude. That's the heart of the matter. Your attitude. You pray with the wrong attitude. You fast. You might be fasting with the wrong attitude. You might be coming to church with the wrong attitude. I'm coming to church so bishop but know I was here. I'm coming to church so pastor to see me. That's the wrong attitude. 
you, you might well not come because I ain't save you. I didn't deliver you. And your attitude comes from here. The heart. That's why we got to get to the heart of the matter. We got to find out what's the matter in the heart. Amen? Amen? Our heart is the core and the center of our being. My father-in-law says something years ago that has stuck with me from then to now. He said, the head may know the most, but the heart holds the most. Because the heart is a deep place. See, in the natural, without our heart, we be dead. Let me tell you something. If you're in the hospital, if anybody, you know anybody that's ever been in the hospital, say you know somebody that's brain dead. They may be brain dead, but they're still considered alive. Because they're not dead till their heart stops. See, the heart being the central of our being is very important. It pumps the blood to all over the body. This is why we've got to manage our heart in the spiritual very carefully. And some of us are not as good as others with taking care of and guarding our heart. The Bible says, listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of your heart comes what? The issues of life. Out of your heart. See, that's why, let me tell you something. That's why the liar, the devil, tries to get you to bring in rejection in your life. Tries to get you to bring in discouragement in your life. Tries to get you to bring in despair in your life. Tries to get you to be depressed. Why? Because he knows that all these things will affect your heart. And see, he knows that if he can get to your heart, he can bring you down. See, the devil may speak to your mind. He may target your mind at first, but his main target is the heart. Don't ever get this confused. He attacks the mind first, but his main target is the heart. He wants to affect that heart because he knows that if he can affect that heart, he can keep you defeated. He can keep you from going forward. Show me somebody who's got a problem in their heart and I'll show you a person who is very messed up. Can't pray right. Can't, read, can't sit down and read the word the way they're supposed to because of the things going on in their heart. Listen, listen how close it is. The Greek word for heart is cardia. And let me tell you something. Y'all know right from right there, we take our word cardiology from that word. And the doctors that work on the heart are the cardiologists. That is a separate part of working on the body. They focus on nothing but the heart. The chambers of the heart. The valves of the heart. How the heart works. What the heart does. How the heart pumps blood. Because the heart pumps, listen, the heart pumps the most valuable, valuable liquid in our body. The blood. For the Bible tells us that the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. And the heart pumps that blood. 
And then when your heart's not working right, there's a problem in the heart. That heart has got to be fixed. That heart has got to be taken care of right away. Because that blood has got to flow through the body. And if it's not flowing properly, the first place they go to check is the heart. We got to get to the heart of the matter. Because when there's a problem in the heart, it affects the whole life. And it affects the attitude. Say it with me, I'm going to get to the heart of this matter. We need to understand one thing. The greatest thing to keep us in the right attitude is walking with the attitude of love. Somebody say love. love. Somebody say again love. love. The world has spent a whole lot of time trying to define love. How many know it's very hard to define love? Some people say it's strong affection. Some people say it's, 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 it's a very strong emotion, but actually it's stronger than an emotion. It's stronger than an affection. Love is a way of life. Love is a way of life. Find me a person that doesn't need love and I will tell you that that person is not a human being. Everybody needs love. I need love. You need love. We all need love. No one in this room can be without love. No one in this world can be without love. We all need love. And the Bible gives us the best definition of where love originates and where love comes from. The Bible says that God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God, for God is love. So listen, the Bible says in the beginning, God, right? So it's fair for me to say that in the beginning, love created the heavens and the earth. What does this let me know about God? It lets me know that everything God created, God created in love. And he made us in his likeness and in his image, which means that we were made in love. And because of that, we need love. We need love. And you can't buy love. Love is, love should be unconditional. Love should be sacrificial. You do things for love that you wouldn't normally do for anything else. You sacrifice for love. You become selfless for love because this is the same thing that Jesus showed us on the cross. I'm not dying for me. I'm dying for you. I'm not stretching my arms out because I need salvation. He stretches arms out because we need it. Salvation. Now that's love. To sacrifice one's life for the greater good, for the greater cause, that's love. In order to change our attitude, we have to have the attitude of love. Even though you did me wrong, I'm still going to love you. Amen. 
It's quiet here. <laughs> I know it. But listen, love is oftentimes misused, oftentimes abused, but it never changes. It's love. And because God is love, love is eternal. Love is spirit. Love is immortal. It cannot die. You might kill me, but you'll never kill my love for my wife. I take it with me. That's how powerful love is. Because love is eternal. And love, listen, love will cover a multitude of faults. You ever want to forgive somebody for who they are? Love them. Love them. I know he's a devil. He get on your nerve. She looked like the devil in the blue dress and the red dress. No matter what she put on, she looked like the devil. Love her. He's just mean and angry and always saying things he ought not. Love him. Love him. And even when those who seem unlovable, love them. Because we as Christians can love the unlovable. See, because in order to get a change of attitude, you got to remember that, first of all, the attitude that the devil messed with was the attitude of love because you are the creation of love. Love created you. Listen, he created you for love, created you in love, created you for love, and created you to love. You got to love. I remember back when I was a little boy, my father used to always talk about it, love, 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 love. And I said, what is this thing? I'm sick of hearing about this. He always telling me to love. But we got to love. We got to love. And a lot of times, what we don't understand is the misunderstanding is how important love is to us. And how important we must make it. Even though some people around us seem unlovable, we still got to love them. You leave my church, I still love you. You come back, I'm going to love you. Now, it's not something I want to do, something I'm commanded to do. And when you're given a command, if you do it long enough, it becomes you. See, I do it because God commanded me to do it, and then when I begin to do it, it just becomes a part of who I am because I am also spirit, not just a natural man. I'm also spirit. And the Spirit of God dwelleth inside me. And the Spirit of God commands me to love. So I must love. And love will change every negative, wrong attitude. But I got to start loving. You know what? I might not agree with homosexuality. And I hate homosexuality. But I love homosexuals. 
That's what you got to do. You can't get mad at somebody in your family and say, I don't love you no more. The devil is a liar. You were created for love. You were created by love. You were created to love. You were created in love. You must love. They asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You must love. And your first mission is knowing how to love God. Loving everything he loves and making everything he loves your priority. Love has to be a priority. Say it with me. Love, love has, to be a priority. has to be a priority. See, love is not sacrificial if it's not priority. You sacrifice things to show love. You got to sacrifice. You, listen, I got to sacrifice how I feel in order to love. I might not feel like loving but I got to love. No matter what I feel, I got to love. Amen? So when we look at the word of God, and as we've been studying the character of Job, and I begin to speak to God and begin to talk to God about this, this man, this, this, this godly man that Satan wanted so bad to destroy that Satan couldn't stand him, that Satan brought his name up before God after God knowing, knowing what Satan was doing, how he was stalking Job in the spirit, and Job didn't know it. And God understood that Job was being watched and was hated by Satan. And you know why? Because of his love for God. See, Christians, let me tell you something. You may be wondering why I go through. Why? It seems like I always have a hard time. Why does things not work for me? You have to understand that the very one that you serve, the very one that you put as a priority is the enemy of the enemy. And because he is an enemy of the enemy, he's coming after you to make you not love God the way you're supposed to. He wants to interrupt this love affair. <laughs> Look around, tell your neighbor, say, it's a love affair. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Saints of God. Sister Michelle back there, when she conceived and when every mother in here conceived, the body began to conceive because of that egg and the deposit. And when the body conceived and began to create, do you know what the first thing of the human being in the body that is created? It's the heart. The heart is first. 
The heart is the first thing created. And how do they know that there's a, bi- a baby inside you? How do they know that there's a, another human being living inside your body? It's because they hear the heartbeat. The, they call it the rhythm of life inside of you. The heart. And a lot of us need to get to the heart of our problem. Why do I not like to spend time with God praying? What's the heart of the problem? First of all, do I take enough time? Do I spend time with God? Because you know what I noticed when I read about Job? Job took out time for God. He not only prayed for himself. See, he was, he represented and showed us that sacrificial and selfless prayer because he even prayed for his children. He sacrificed for his family. That's the way Job was. And see, Satan noticed that. Satan noticed this is a praying man. This is a man that loves God. This is a man that spends time with God. I've got to interrupt his life any way I can. See, for the most of us, that's why the devil messes with our finances. For the second leading cause, the second leading cause of divorces after infidelity is, guess what? Finances. Understand this, when the enemy, when the enemy comes against you, he's coming against you, but he's not letting you know that it's him and the spiritual doing it. But he's trying to get into different parts of your life to get you not to trust and believe God. Because he's went to God as he went to God for Job, and he's asked for permission to bother your life. So that he can bring things in your life to really show and prove and to test you to see if your love for God is real or not. Because that's what he did for Job. He wanted to see, is Job serving God for just what he can get? Or does he really love God? How many serving God because you know you just want to go to heaven? That's not the right way to serve God. The right way to serve God is because you love him because you know he created you to love him. He created you for love and to be loved. And the only thing that's going to make you what you want, what you need to be in him is by adhering to his word. This is how we become acceptable before him. For like I said earlier, we cannot change our situation. We cannot change our circumstance, but we can control the attitude we have towards the things we're going through. Amen? Because I can can choose the power of choice. I get to choose the right attitude. Who understands that? The most powerful thing I have as a human being is the power. Do you not know that God does not even manipulate my choice? 
God gives you the opportunity to choose. For the power of choice belongs to every human being, every Christian all around the world. You have the right to choose. You choose to pray or choose not to pray. You choose to fast or choose not to fast. You choose to read the word or not to read the word. But God gives you the choice. And the question is, what are you choosing? And if you haven't wrote that down, write that down. What have I chosen? What have I chosen? For God has, give, God has given us the intelligence. He has given us his spirit. But the question is, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with him? Is the Holy Spirit in control? Listen, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Listen, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, but are we letting him be great in us? See, some of us, he's just in us, but we're not allowing him to go forth through us. And it shows in our attitude. Some of y'all know y'all can be here on prayer night. And purposely don't come. And think of every excuse. Hmm. Oh boy, you know, it's almost time to go to church. Well, let me wash these dishes before I go. I got about two hours before I got to be there. Then you wash the dishes. Then you get a phone call. Then you sit down and talk on the phone. Two hours went to a half hour. Now, you know what? I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to stay home tonight. Guess what? You ain't going to church. See, if God, is, if God is your priority, you'll never let things keep you from God. You'll never let somebody on the phone keep you from prayer. You'll tell them, you know what? I got to call you back. It's my prayer time. How many of us will actually get on the phone and tell people, you know what, it's time for me to pray. Would you like to join me? Oh, no, no, no. Not right now. I'm doing some things right now. You'll find out a lot of times where people's priorities are when it comes time to pray. But the Bible lets us know that men ought to always pray in what? Listen to, Job's, listen to Job's attitude. As the messengers kept coming to him and kept bringing him bad news, I showed y'all what he did. It said that Job fell on his face to the ground and began to do what? He began to worship God. He began to glorify God because he knew that his life did not consist in the things that he had, but his life was better with God and better trusting God than all the things he had. This man lost his children. He lost his cattle. He lost his sheep. He lost his camels, but he fell on the ground and worshiped. Then the devil went back to God and asked God for, for Job again and asked him this time, I know you told me I can't touch his body the first time, but he came to God and he said, skin for skin, all that a man have will he give for his life. And God said, you can touch him, you can touch him, but don't you kill him, paraphrasing it. You spare his life. And then the enemy went after Job and began to mess with him and messed up his body. And Job was sick 
Job's wife came to him. Remember, we read about Job's wife? Came to him and talked to him and said, you still maintaining your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? But listen to the attitude of a man of faith. I will not. And the Bible said through everything he went through, listen to this, Job did not sin out of his mouth. And y'all know us. The first time you do us wrong, we gonna say something. <laughs> oh, no good Lee. Never liked him anyway. I wanted Aaron to be assistant pastor. Because we're just we're prone that way. We're we're we like we're very verbal. We like to verbalize what we're going through. But the Bible said Job did not sin against God. All he did was worship and bless God. Amen. Listen, go with me to the third. and know that Job you sinned you did something that caused God to come after you what did you do Job God doesn't do this to just anybody God has done this because you did something how many of y'all feel how many of y'all feel God just angry with you God just mad when when you were going through something did you just feel God was just mad with you what did you do I don't know about you I felt like that I know when I was going through surgery, I felt like that. I was saying, what did I do to deserve this? I've been preaching the word. I've been telling folks about Jesus, and here I am in the hospital. But you know what? There are certain things that you go through just to get that experience so you can be a blessing to somebody else. It doesn't mean that your life is going to go smooth all the time, but it does let you know that God will bring you through. That was 16 years ago, and I'm still here in Jesus' name. See, some things are just so you get the experience. Not because you did anything, or not because God is angry with you, or not because God thought less of you than he did somebody else. How would I know I can be delivered if I've never been into anything? How would I know God can set me free if I ain't never been chained up? How would I know God can heal if I ain't never been sick? How would I know God can deliver my mind if my mind ain't never been messed up? How can I be a testimony to somebody else if I ain't been through anything? Amen? God God allows us through his permissive will to suffer things so that we can be a help to those around us. So we can encourage them. I felt so good being able to go to Isaiah. I said, Isaiah, I said, don't fear. Because you can see the fear all in his face. You can see the worry in him. I said, Isaiah, I said, don't fear. I said, it's going to be all right. I said, God's got you. I said, you may not be fully, I said to myself, I said, you may not be fully professing him, but I know my God is a healer. I know my God is a way maker. I know my God will bring you out. And he might not do it for you, but he'll do it because I'm praying to him. 
See, because not everybody know how to pray. Not everybody in the position to pray. And you got some folks won't even go to God and pray because they know, you know, I ain't been before God. What I'm going to God for? You got folks like that. They won't pray because you know what? I ain't been living right. My brother Nate used to be like that. Well, I'm just going, I'm not going to just go to God for just this. That's selfish. I ain't been doing nothing for God, and I'm going to go to him for just this. But then, let me tell you something. When you turn, and you change, and you become a child of God, you can ask God for anything. Ask, and ye shall. Seek, and ye shall. Knock, and the door. God will never lock his door or close his door on his children. His door is always open. Listen how Job, Job begins to talk to these friends and he begins to talk of things because now he's going through in his body. And listen how the attitude of Job is talking, but he's not talking against God. He's talking about himself. You see, that's the difference. He didn't go against God. He's talking about himself. It's the 16th verse. Listen, or as in hidden untimely birth, I had not been. As infants which, were, which never saw light. There the wicked cease from troubling. And there the weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They hear not and the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is the light given to him that is in misery, and life unto the bitter in soul, which longeth for death, but it cometh not, and which dig for it more than hidden treasures. Because what was he saying? He was saying, I want to die. But even though he wanted to die, he never said, I'm finished with God. See how his attitude is right towards God? He may not be talking right because of what he's going through, but his attitude is, I still trust God. I still believe God. I still love God. I still know that God's hand is in my, on my life. See, this is the, this is the right attitude even though he's talking stupid. Because a lot of times we all do. We're human. We're human. Look at somebody and say, I'm human. I'm human. But never forget you're a child of God. But never forget you're a child of the king. Never forget you're a king's kid. Never forget that the blessings of God are upon you. Listen, even in your sickness, God is with you. Even in your pain, God is with you. Even when you're going through, God is with you. Nothing that you do can take God away from you. God is always with you. Listen to what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. Yes. Believe in God. Also believe what? In me. When you believe in God, you can believe. You know what? God's got me. God's going to take care of me. I'm going to trust God. Say it with me. I'm going to trust God. Come on, say it again, saying, I'm going to trust God in everything. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to trust God and everything is going to be all right. Come on, give God a hand praise if you believe it right now. Only if you believe it. Only if you want to get to the heart of the matter. Give God a hand praise like you believe it in Jesus' name.
Listen to verse 25. Verse 25 says, For the thing which I greatly and that which I was a And you come to church when it just looked like the devil is sleeping in your bedroom. <laughs> we laugh, but you know what? A lot of folks get weak at A lot of folks stop praying. A lot of folks stop, stop reading the word because they begin to feel like God owed them something or God done did them something wrong. But let me tell you something. Your whole life consists of loving God for he created you in love, for love, to love. Love. Why should his worship stop? Because you got a toe ache or toothache. Why should his worship stop? Because you wonder why I'm still sick or why I'm not getting a different report from the doctor. Who has believed our report? The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. Do you believe the report of the Lord or do you believe the report of the doctor? Whose report are you believing? And you know we report a lot of things to ourselves and guess what? We believe those things that we, we report. And guess what? That's what creates our attitude. Because God says something to us, but we say something else. And the question is, whose report do you believe? And a lot of us believe our own report over the report of the Lord. Come on and say it with me. If you want to change it, say, I want to believe God's report. Come on and say it with me. I want to believe God's report. Say it with me. I'm going to believe God's report. Turn with me to um, Job 14. There were times, and this was one of those times, 
when Job had to come out and get to the root of the problem. And in Job 14 here, when I begin to read this, it began to bless me. And listen what Job said in Job 14 and 14. I like the way God centered it too. Job 14 and 14, so you can't forget it. Listen what Job said. Job said, if a man die, shall he live again? Listen to this. All the days of my appointed time will I wait. How many heard that? Will I wait till what? I tied off because I believe my change is coming. And because my change is coming, I'm not going to give up believing God. I'm going to trust God because my change is coming. Oh, if you believe it, say it with me right now. My change is coming. Come on, say it with me right now. My change is coming. See, this reminds me of us when we're going through. At certain times, we get that. How many know we get that low point? How many have got that low point where you hit low, but then a praise come up out of your mouth? A glory, glory comes up out of your mouth. When praise and worship begin to emanate forth out of you. Why? It oozes out of you because you know that even though earlier I was talking stupid, yet I know that my Redeemer liveth. See now, turn to Job 19. Because now, Job goes from a sufferer to a prophet. How many know God know how to do this? See, sometimes you need to go through some things to bring some deeper stuff out of you. Because if you don't go through what you're going through, then you won't see why you're where you are later. But see, I know that when these seats are filled as they feel right now by faith, I know that it's been worth it all. See, when the upstairs is open, I will know that, you know what, the wait was worth it. Because I come to let you know, let's get to the heart of the matter. We've got to learn how to wait. And be patient while waiting. And trust the Lord while we're waiting. And the heart of the matter is our patience. Lord, I need to wait on you. I need to wait on you. You know, sometimes, I'm God, I moved before you. I did things I should not have done. I moved too fast. Now, God, I'm going to wait on you. Let me tell you something. You ever, you ever waited? See, some people wait antsy, can't sit still, worrying, aggravation. It's a, let me tell you something, it's a discipline to be patient. It takes discipline to wait. See, because I, I even got a call this week of, of somebody resigning, but you know what? Praise God. 
because that just opened up the door for somebody else to come in. And I'm going to tell you something too, even if you leave, I'm still going to be here next Sunday because you know why? This is my purpose. This is the mission God has put upon my life and you will not change what the Lord has called me to do and God will move one and bring in two. Don't let nothing distract you. Satan likes sending distractions. This is how most people, listen, this is how most people get into car accidents. Distracted. You wouldn't have had the accident if you wasn't distracted. Amen? Most of the time, car accidents come from being distracted. And when we got distracted, what do we have? Accident. Listen. Job was right on point. He was right on key going, going through what he's going through. But listen what he said. Verse 25, chapter 19, and we finish. Listen. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. In other words, the Redeemer was somebody in the family who was coming to save, to deliver the one that was done wrong, or to deliver the one who somebody had captured. Job was saying, my Redeemer is coming to save me. He liveth, but he's not talking about a human. He done went from a sufferer to a prophet. My Redeemer liveth. I know he liveth. See, there are some things you got to think and some things you got to know. What do you know? Look around, ask your neighbor, what do you know? <laughs> See, some things we, we claim we think. Let me say something. I don't think God is good. <laughs> I know God is good. I don't think God's going to show up. I know God's going to show up. I don't think God kept me alive. I know God's kept me alive. I don't think God's going to keep me. I know God's going to keep me. I don't think that I'm safe in the arms of God. I know that I'm safe in the arms of God. I don't think that God is with me. I know God is with me. See, it's a stronger thing when you know because knowing is having faith. Knowing knows that God won't fail. What did you say? He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Listen to this. And that he shall set his, he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. What in the world is he talking about? He's not just talking about a family member. He's talking about his father. He's talking about his dad is coming to save him. My redeemer is coming. It might not be today, but I know he cares about me. I know my God is concerned. Is there anybody here who just felt at one time that God wasn't concerned? But I come to assure you today, he loves you and he's concerned. Because the devil will make you think God don't care and he cares. That's why Jesus told Peter, he said, cast your cares upon me. Why? For I careth for you. Tell somebody, God cares. God cares. Say it to yourself, my God cares. My God cares. 
I, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, that he shall stand upon the earth in the latter day. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, yet in my flesh, even after death, I'm still saved. Even after death, I'm still delivered. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Doesn't matter. For I know. That's the difference. Remember I told you? The heart, the mind may know the most, but the heart holds the most. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. always a route to a bad attitude we have to find it and cut it out we have to know who we are for I know my redeemer liveth I know it deliverance is coming I know it God will save me I know it. God cares about me. Even when my family act like they don't care, my God cares. He loves me because he created me to love. He created me for love. And he wants me to love in spite of what others do against me. And when I learn and understand that nothing that happens to me can separate me from God, I can take the attitude of Job. That don't mean I may not curse the day I was born or wonder why I was even born. But I begin to put all things into perspective. And what I like about it, in the midst of your trial, God will cause you to to continue to move on with higher hope and higher expectation in God. No faith that God is going to do exactly what he promised to us. So if you can do that right now, cut that area. Cut that area right now. Pull it up right now. And prophesy on Speak to it before. Speak to it now. Take a 
No Getting to the root of the matter. Father, people have hurt us. The enemy has caused things to happen to us because it was a test, a test of our faith to see if we could trust you. Father, forgive us for our words. Our words that nothing, our words, oh God, that we never should have even said. But out of our feelings and out of problems, we said it. For Father, we ask your forgiveness. And the temperature of our Father, we will bless you, for we will see the desired change that we've been looking for. We will see the blessings of God as we begin to speak to you. And we're believing you, and we're trusting you, and know that your power works, that you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing, and you are everywhere. And we bless you even now as we give you praise for your blessings. Come on and give God a praise right now. Come on and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Come on and give God a praise. Bless the Lord. Come on and bless him. Give him praise. Give him praise. 
Hallelujah. Bless you, the Lord. Amen, amen. Amen. Have a blessed holiday, saints. Once more and again, if you know anybody that's really in need, amen, let pastor know, let evangelist Hargit know, and we will definitely be more than happy, amen, to help them out on this holiday season, amen, to show them that they can give God thanks because a child of God cared about them. Amen? Amen. God bless you.